Today on the podcast, a little story why Ian isn't in the race car business, the scariest word in business, and a peek into our 10-year plan. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Lifestyle Business Podcast. This is Dan. And this is Ian. And we're coming to you straight from Phuket, Thailand. We've got a fun little episode for you today, hanging out, fun and sun. After we get done, we're going to put on the snorkels and go see the fishes. Yes, that's the plan. We're going to walk right out of our hotel and go snorkeling. First things first, though, we want to talk about how our experience in Thailand has been transformed by our participation in social media. Now, we are relative newbies into social media. Um, I've had a personal blog for maybe a couple years, but it was just kind of something that my parents looked at, maybe. Not even both of my parents, maybe just my mother. <laughs> and um, that was because most of my blogging was done for myself. And the Tropical MBA and the Lifestyle Business Podcast uh, were the first two projects that I sat down and I said, what kinds of value could I offer to people you know, if I were a media outlet, what kinds of value could I give away? Right. And the first thing on my mind was this, um, the traveling and, and doing business at the same time. And then, you know, I had been immersed in these, this business tips, productivity, kind of personal development. It's all kind of lumped into one, but building great business information. And, you know, we haven't even put out that much stuff. And then it's done a complete 180 uh, to the way that uh, we can approach a trip in Thailand. Yeah. So basically what we're talking about here is, um, you know, we've met a bunch of people on this trip to Thailand before we left and while we've been here through social media products. Um, and it's really allowed us to, uh, I think, have a much better trip and a much more productive trip. We've built some really uh, meaningful relationships yeah. um, from, from these social media networks. It's amazing how excited people are to reach out and connect with people that are highly targeted, like-minded. You have a lot to offer each other. It's not like just some random guy that you met in a bar and he was nice. Right. I mean, these are people that you could you could do projects with. I mean, we sat down with Baker from Man vs. Debt and it was like, hey, we do similar stuff. Why don't we record videos? And that's going to be something that's really valuable to everybody. This is a, this is a huge turning point. So... Like like you said, you don't have to just show up in the bar and kind of be um, okay with who you meet. I mean, you can really target who you meet on these trips. Or how about Benny the Irish Polyglot from Fluent in Three Months? Like, my new favorite blog. This guy is, like, he is, his blog is awesome. In person, he's even awesomer. And, uh, awesomer, that's my new word. <laughs> and, you know, this guy is, he's a busy, hardworking guy, and he... God bless him, like, took the time out of his day to um, arrange a wonderful hotel stay for us yeah. where he knew we could come in and get Wi-Fi and everything. And that episode with Baker and Benny, like, those are just two, like, the the examples that I've seen on this trip are so profound. Like, the kinds of connections that people have made start a blog and start publishing valuable information because it it has such a profound impact. It's like your calling card. When you're, when you're sitting at meetups with people and they're already warm to you, like they already know what you're up to. Yeah. It's such an incredible roundabout from like what, what a cold meeting is. Yeah. I guess the message is, is our trip to Thailand has been so robustly interesting because even though we're total newbies, we've just put ourselves out there and tried to provide real value and people want to people wanna participate in that. And so our message to anyone out there is take this whole personal publishing thing really seriously 
and think about ways, uh, think about angles, think about niches that you can get involved with in a serious way and start leveraging your experience and publishing it to people so that they can value from your experience. Because, uh, you know, the, the more generous you can be, like the more you're going to see uh, from that. Yeah, and the much more meaningful interactions you're going to have with people and the much more targeted interactions you're going to have. With so it's just been awesome. Thailand has been beautiful. We're very brown by now. And um, this is our final final day. So, uh, man, I just had a blast here in Thailand. We really thought we'd record all these podcasts, but we ended up um, really focusing on our core business, getting uh, Sean up to speed on a lot of this stuff. And I think I'm really looking forward to getting off of the party path and, and focusing in a little bit more of a routine. Yeah. One thing, I guess, um, that really comes up when you're traveling a lot is um, how it's really hard to come by eight hours of time or a nice desk to work at or really good Wi-Fi. And so that's one of the advantages of, of kind of doing what Sean's going to be doing, which is moving to Bangkok, spending a few thousand baht a month for a solid place to work and to live. Yeah. And when you're really jazzed up about your projects and they, when they really have a big impact on your life, it doesn't feel like a job. You feel compelled to do that work and to provide that value. One thing I want to talk about with Sean, who everybody knows is um, from the Tropical MBA, and he's going to be working with us, is uh, Sean's got a, kind of got an interesting model, and it's going to be an emerging model. And it's something that Seth Godin talks about, and that's having multiple streams of income. And so Sean is going to be traveling around um, Southeast Asia, and uh, he's going to be working uh, with us. And I think in the future, he's going to be working with other people as well. And so I think you're going to find a lot of these people in the future um, that have many sources of income and that are able to be location independent. Location independent won't be a buzz term in 10 years. It's going to be commonplace. There's a couple barriers left in place. One is free worldwide voice calling. Organizations are only just getting hip to this. They're not hip to this. But in 10 years, this isn't going to be something that anybody thinks is unique. This is going to be the way the world works. Your organizations are going to need to be located where they are most efficient in the world. And if that's web development, that might be the Philippines. If that's sales, that might be California. You name it, you're going to have to send people there to get it done the most efficiently. So I think that this is like developing those skills in your own life is a really smart investment. Yeah. And I think, you know, finding the right people in your businesses to work from you, whether they're in your town or not, is really important too. So um, if your best sales guy happens to be in, happens to be in Virginia, then you hire them in Virginia. Depending on proximity is a huge constraint and it's one that's melting away. Yeah. And so the organizations and entrepreneurs that take advantage of that now are going to, are going to win. Yes. So I think the message is also to set yourself up to be kind of mobile in that sense too. And not just for the lifestyle aspect of it, but so you can find yourself valuable to other people in the world. And I do think we need a salesperson in Virginia. I love... (laughs) Okay. Three things we're going to talk about today that are things that are on our mind. We don't got a list of 10 things. We just got three principles that we've been kicking around a little bit here in Thailand. Just wanted to put them out there and, and share with you where we're at on them. Number one is selling. Number two is a 10-year vision, and number three is passion. First, let's start with selling. What do we want to talk about with selling? Well, we want to talk about how selling is the most important thing you'll do in a business. Uh, It's the core of your business, and without sales, uh, you have no business. And we've said this many times, but selling can be very, very scary. Well, first off, let me back up and just say, why are we talking about selling? We're talking about it because it is remarkable how many people are interested in entrepreneurial information that have a little something started. They're working their way up this thing and 
this topic never comes up. Not only does it hardly ever come up, but when it does come up, like there's an awkward hush in the room. Like, oh my gosh, do we have to sell stuff? Right. People that are growing large businesses that are enabling a great number of people to live great lifestyles, they are selling, selling, selling. Right. And even if that's not the, what's on the press release that goes to the media that you end up reading about that business, that's what they're talking about in their conference yep. rooms. Selling can be, uh, you, like you said, you don't hear about it a lot, and it can be undervalued. Um, but but it is really the essential part of business. Here's right? why it's here's why people aren't talking about it. They're scared. Sure. Selling is really really scary. And I want to talk about how many times, uh, just in Thailand, I've heard people undervaluing their products. So, oh, I'm going to come out with an ebook and I'm not really sure how much to charge for it. So I think I'll charge maybe like $10. No. You spent six months of your life writing an ebook, right? It's targeted information. It's good information. You sell it for $30, $40, $50, $60. People, like it's really when the crisis of conscience or the lizard brain starts kicking in is the most petrified you're going to be at any moment in your business is when you ask someone for their money and because that's the moment of responsibility. And I think as an entrepreneur, that's the moment when you need to step up and you need to say, look, I'm going to give this product the appropriate value. Yeah. And that's, to me, like, I remember the first product that we sold and we were really scared about, uh, you know, it was a hard good. So we were scared about the, the quality issues. Like, of course, like, we are holding ourselves to the highest standard on the planet. And when it comes to selling, you really need... Um, to consider what's minimally viable. And you need to get to your market fast because that's the only way that you're going to really be able to serve it. Is right. if, you have prof- if you're generating profits, you can work with people who are invested in you and they've proven that by giving you money. You work with them in the long run and in the short term to improve their experience and to improve, improve your product. This kind of reach to sell stuff, it's so difficult. It's so scary and that's why it's valuable because people aren't doing it they're too scared to say i'm willing to charge you for what i wrote last night they're too scared to say i think this is good enough to actually sell not just uh, have a prototype sitting in my garage yeah and if you can make that step you're going to start to see big changes in your life and in your business so our our message on selling is um that's what this stuff all boils down to that's what lifestyle design boils down to that's what location independence boils down to it doesn't matter if it's a product if it's yourself it's your story you gotta sell 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 and stop being so shy yeah you gotta sell the whole package let's talk about this 10-year plan idea that we've been kicking around um a quick introduction we think that thinking about your business and your life in terms of a 10-year plan, having that vision always as sort of an overlay that you can lay over what you're currently doing can really help give you some freedom. Yeah, and we talk – this is a little bit – you know, there's a lot of different things that go into this because uh, if you ask me, you know, come up with a two-year plan for your business, I'd say, well, you know, business is changing so fast. Let's come up with like a six-month plan. Yeah. Um, but that's different than the 10-year plan. The 10-year plan is kind of more of a vision. Um, for where you want your business to be. Let me tell you a story about how the 10-year plan vision idea got me doing this podcast. When I first thought, oh, I really love podcasts. I listened to podcasts for two years. I listened to Adam. I listened to Howard Stern growing up. I used to skip school to go listen to Howard Stern's radio show. I just love audio content. I love audio books. I love listening to Adam Carolla's podcast. I love listening to Jay and Sterling over at Internet Business Mastery. I could go on and on. I've got 45 podcasts on my um, on my phone, and 
Now, when I started to think, of course, I kind of wanted to do a podcast myself, but I was like, well, oh, well, number one, you're not any good at that kind of thing. You have no practice. Number two, like that's really going to distract you from all the other stuff that you have to do. And yeah, it's a lot of work to do a podcast. Number three, like everyone's going to laugh at you and think you're an idiot for having done this. Like what, what's going to happen if people that you know figure out that you're doing this? Like look at Dan, he had this business and he was doing all right until he went off the deep end and started doing a podcast, you know? And what saved me was this 10-year plan. And I asked myself, what kind of person do I want to be in 10 years? And one of the things that came into my mind was I want to be someone who can give people compelling narrative. I want to be the kind of person that can have a media platform. I want to be the kind of person that can inspire more people than just my team and my friends. I want to be able to inspire large groups of people. And I thought to myself, look, those are really big goals and you're going to suck at them for a long time before you get good at them. (laughs) Yeah. And so it was the 10 year vision. Like I believe that I can be good at these things. I believe that I can have one of the best business podcasts in the world, audio content in the world in 10 years. I believe that I'm capable of that. Yeah. And so I'm starting small here with you in Thailand, with the microphones on, talking about what makes us passionate. Yeah. So there's a bunch of people out there talking about you know 10,000 hours of, of uh, work put into it, and then you become an expert. That was Malcolm Gladwell's uh, idea in Outliers. Outliers. So he's talking about exceptional people and how they get there. Right. And so you look at anybody that's really accomplished at anything and, and they've worked at it for 10 years, you know, but they probably had a vision for it before that is 10 years, you know, and they started working towards that. So I want to talk about how this kind of um, relates to maybe your current business or the, or the business that you're going to grow in terms of um, employees. And so one thing that you've got to really consider um, with your employees is, is, is and your business is what kind of business you're going to be growing in 10 years. So if you can visualize your business in 10 years, you know, does that business hinge on your employees that you currently have, you know, at your, at your company? Or is it more about your vision and just making it happen? I'll tell you how this helped me. If you've got an employee who's a trouble spot, but they're currently making you a lot of money or they're in a critical role, or you feel like, oh, it'd be such a pain to unseat them. Um, you're, you're not only compromising your 10 year vision. If you think of things in 10 years, you're more free to say, you know what? I'm going to put up with a little bit of pain right now because that doesn't fit the kind of principle. It doesn't fit where I want to be in 10 years. And so I think you're free to make those kinds of decisions. Also, you have a responsibility as someone who has a profound impact on their life to get them started on their 10 year plan too. And if that doesn't jive with yours, it's your responsibility to get everyone moving in the right direction. Right. And if you've got really big sales plans or you've got really big ideas for things that you want to sell, you've, you've really got to look and see who's on board and how they're going to help you get there. Absolutely. And, uh, and if it's not the people that are on board now, you know, you need to get those new people on board. And, and those people are always evolving as your, as your vision's evolving. You know, maybe your 10 year plan kind of changes a little bit down the road. You know, you just need to make sure my point is that you need to make sure people are on your boat that are going to help you get to your vision. Yeah. And that share your principles. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about principles. Like what do you truly find valuable in the most general sense? And are the people around you valuing that right now? And are they moving you that way? And another thing to consider um, with this 10 year vision is kind of uh, what you're selling and how that's going to get you to your 
vision in 10 years. So right now, if you're selling hats, you know, and your, and your idea is to have a $30 million business, you know, you got to figure out how selling hats now is going to turn into a $30 million business 10 years down the road. Maybe you want it to involve, um, you know, selling all kinds of beach accessories. So maybe you want to be a distributor for hats, glasses. Well, it's also going to make you face up to the real channels that you're going to need to get involved with. So Absolutely. you can also just get out the calculator and figure out how many units you need to move. Yeah. All right, theoretically, what kind of channels do I feel comfortable speaking with those channels? Can my organization interface with those channels? To us, you know, we talk about that kind of thing all the time when we visualize the next step in the scale of our business. Speaking of scale, you're only going to get there if you have passion, which is the number three thing on our list to talk about today. And I want to talk about it so much because everybody is just like passion, 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 passion. It's so in fashion to talk about your passion. What the hell is going on with fashion? Let me tell you about my passion. <laughs> my passion and a lot of guys, when, when you boil it down, when, when they're talking about passion, I think they're talking about the journey. And for me, it's all about being passionate about the journey. You know, it's not necessarily about what product you're selling. I mean, you've got to be an expert on the product you're selling. You've got to be passionate about it, but it can't be your number one passion. Your number one passion has to be the journey and your 10-year vision. Well, a lot of people get caught up on this passion talk and they think, well, um, everyone told me, Gary Vee told me that I can turn my passion into money and I love to ski. So what I'm going to do is invent some skis and I'm, they're going to be awesome. And I'm going to turn my hobby into my business. Eh, bad idea. Do not follow that advice. L- let me, let me give you an example of this when I was younger. So, um, I'm really into, uh, I'm really into cars. I'm really into race cars. Um, and I thought, you know, when I was younger, this was something that I want to do. I want to build fast cars. I want to be around cars all the time. This is, this is my passion and it is my passion. I love cars. So maybe one day we'll talk about cars. But, um, so I worked for a guy in, uh, college when I was going through college that built race cars. And I thought, well, this is great. You know, this is my in. I'm working with this guy. I'm building race cars. This is super cool. When I got out of college, you know, this is what I want to do. Um, but you talk to the guy who was my boss at the time. And I kind of started to share my idea of how I wanted to do this, like he was doing for a living. And, um, he basically sat me down and told me all the reasons why I didn't want to pursue my passion. And the number one reason is because his passion turned into his work. So he was no longer working on his own cars. He was no longer building his own cars. He was working on other people's cars. And that killed his passion for cars. There's one passion that I see pulling together the people who are really successful about entrepreneurship. They have a passion for the process and the principle, the art of doing business. And there's one other thing that's sort of related, which is the people who are really passionate about giving. Entrepreneurs, what we do is we give to people. Of course, we charge a lot of them for it. I think we give to a lot more people that we don't charge. I think so too. But there's a lot of people that we do charge. And so our goal, um, being an entrepreneur, being a great entrepreneur is a race to figure out how much you can give to people. Yeah. And so if you can't, if, if, if you don't have that big, fat, generous bone somewhere in your body, you need to find it. You need to find what you want to be generous about. That's how you're going to be successful. The second thing is being passionate about skiing or guitars. It's fine and it's great. I'm passionate about both. But it doesn't mean that I can provide something to that market. What I'm passionate about is the process of doing business, the process of building an organization. In particular, I love team building. I love oh, 
having friends, having colleagues that were working together for a common project. Right. To me, that's a, that's a part of the business process that I'm passionate about. You as an aspiring or an established entrepreneur really need to tap into what part of the business process you're passionate about, and that's how you can turn your passion into cash. It's not about the final object. I mean, I worked at a Fortune 500 sporting goods company that sold the coolest skis in the world, and it was the most boring job I've ever had in my life. It's not right. about the object. It's really about the process and the journey, like you were saying earlier. Yeah. So that's our take on passion, passion, passion. I have a passion right now to go jump into some turquoise water with a scuba mask on. We are uh, directly across from the turquoise water, and uh, it's, a, it's, it's uh, just a short walk, and so I think we'll take that walk. Well, a couple of days back to the grind for me in Manila. We're going to have a lot of really cool content about uh, team building in the Philippines. A lot of our listeners have been talking about they want to hear more about how we're building a team in the Philippines, so we're going to work yes. on some of that content. Ian's back to California. One more thing, we want to just make a quick ask. If you like the podcast, um, we haven't done any marketing yet for the podcast, and we're thinking about doing more to get, uh, grow our listenership. But we know that one way we can really do that is if you'll oblige us next time you're on iTunes, just to search for our podcast and to go there and give us a positive review. But that would really help us out actually to grow our listenership. So yeah. if, you have a, if you have a spare uh, 30 seconds, we'd really appreciate that. Hey, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us. Always good to have you. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Get signed up and we'll keep you up to date on everything we're doing. 